Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And today we we start. Well, I'm a little rusty. To you know, we haven't actually recorded in a while. In, yeah. in, in a few weeks. While you guys haven't missed a week, we've missed a little bit. Yes. <laughs> like we we took a break. We both had like family visiting. And yeah. I went out of town. It's and, just it's yeah. been a busy month for us. So, yeah. but to to get back into the swing of things, this week we are talking about the movie Music and Lyrics. Music and Lyrics was made in 2007 and released in 2007. Stars Hugh Grant, Drew Barrymore, Brad Garrett, and Kristen Johnston. With a cameo by the man by Scott Porter, who I know from Friday Night Lights because I watched like mm-hmm. a couple seasons of that. <laughs> I was like, "Well, he's too young to be in this movie," and then I realized he's the '80s flashback yes. version of well, yeah. Well, and like, and also like Haley Bennett, who yeah. was on, uh, she was on Everwood, yes. But most recently, she's been she was in the movie The Girl on the Train and was phenomenal, yes. And Matthew Morrison, Matthew Morrison, and. The love of my life, Campbell Scott. Oh, I forgot to say that. I'm sorry. Which I complete. It, okay, I have to admit some things about this movie after I give the synopsis. Which the synopsis is: a washed-up singer is given a couple of days to compose a chart-topping hit for an aspiring teen sensation. Though he's never written a decent lyric in his life, he sparks with an offbeat younger woman with a flair for words. Which this was written and directed by Mark Lawrence, who also did Two Weeks Notice. Yes. He wrote and directed that. He wrote both Miss Congeniality movies. He wrote and directed uh, Did You Hear About the Morgans, which is another Hugh Grant movie. So he is, like, he knows his way around. Uh, This has an IMDb score of 6.5 out of 10 Mm -hmm. and a Rotten Tomato score of 62%. Which was higher than I anticipated. Yeah, that's a lot higher than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the things that I have to admit about this, it had gotten like skewed or like conflated in my head. Like I I remembered Kristen Johnson being her sister, but for some reason, I I remembered her like I remembered her sister being like a single mother, mm-hmm. and and like and Brad Garrett like trying to hook up with her for some like I don't know where I got that. <laughs> I don't either. It's like I said, I it's think a very I'm, Brad Garrett thing to do, right? <laughs> like that and. The other thing that, like, I remembered completely wrong, like, I, there, there are, like, a few little things, like, throughout the movie that I just, I, I misremembered, but the big one, I remembered him singing Don't Write Me Off Just Yet. I remembered that as being, like, he was her opening number, like, he was her opening act. Which would have made more sense. Which would have made more sense. And, like, I was like, what? What in the world happened? Like I was waiting for it, and then it—it's not there. And then you know, suddenly it—it yeah. it comes on like it's in the middle of her, you know, in the middle of her show. And I thought this is just weird. It's like he's, it's like she had to go do a costume change, so she let yes, him do a song. And I was gonna say, and I was like, this is weird. That makes no sense. And then I remembered, wait, no, like Lucia Micarelli, because you know she was a violinist for Josh Groban for forever, and. And I say that because I've watched many Josh Groban in, <laughs> in concert DVDs, and and she was his violinist for a while, and so th- there was always a bit in like the middle of the show where he would go off stage to get ready for like something big that was coming up in the second half of the show, and Lucia would like rock out, you know, like usually it was it was an awesome sort of. Um, uh, not medley, that's not the word I'm looking for, but like a, a mashup almost of like a classical piece of music with Bohemian Rhapsody, and mm-hmm. it was great. And so I realized, like, oh, okay, he's heard Lucia Micarelli. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm slightly more on board with it. However, 
the song is a bit of a mood killer <laughs> for her kind of concert. For yeah. her kind of concert. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and I have had only seen this movie maybe once or twice. I remembered I really, really liked it. But I did not see it that much. Like I'd only seen right. it once or twice, and and I'm gonna say ahead of time, it held up pretty well. It like, really did. I was pretty excited. I was, I was very surprised with how well it held up. Yeah, because I was expecting. It's like okay, I've only seen this movie a couple of times. I remembered not really liking Drew Barrymore's character all that much. Um, and I had completely forgotten that Campbell Scott was even in it. <laughs> and so when, when his name popped up in the opening credits, it's like my brain, like I literally just like sitting on my couch went, oh, Campbell Scott. And then I thought about it. It's like, oh God, he's going to be a horrible douchebag. I just know it. And he was, <laughs> and it made my heart sad, but it powered through. Um, <laughs> I were see. I was. I'd forgotten. Christine Johnston played the sister. Oh my! Uh, like I didn't even I, remember there was a sister. That's how much I didn't remember about this movie. Like but I, don't I know what it, yeah. have loved Christine Johnston since Third Rock from the Sun. Yes, me too. She's one of my favorite people in that show. Like. I just love her yeah. so she, much. She was the only woman in like a house full of like of house dudes, full yeah. house full of dudes. Is like she she had to like carry a lot of work. Yeah, I really really and liked her. So I was pleasantly surprised to be like, oh yeah, I forgot she was in this movie. Oh man, which is kind of how this whole movie went for me. It was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I really like this part. Like I remembered. I'll tell you, I remembered that she wrote lyrics for him, and yep. that it was a random happenstance. I remembered "Pop Goes My Heart" because well, <laughs> that's who I am. Uh, I, rem- I remember the music video at the beginning very yes. well. And then I remembered um, them sleeping together because they wake up under the piano. Yeah. Yes. I remembered those parts. That's it. Oh my god! Well, and the hip. I remembered the, the hip, hip because the pop is just weird. <laughs> but So I remember that. That And then at the end, like one of the grand dramatic gestures is that they fix the song back to what it's supposed to be. Yes. That's that's it. That's all yeah. I got. Like I had no memory of anything else in this movie. So it was like watching it for the first time all over again. Yeah. It... <sighs> And I will say, like, at, at the beginning of the movie, I just kept thinking that, like, the the chemistry between Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore, like, it's it's an odd one. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's not the same kind of, you know, it's, it's not the same, like, fireworks kind of, like, chemistry that, like, we've seen with other people. But, like, there's something, like, comfortable and quirky about it. There's a domesticity to them yes. that I adore. And and I and I I loved that because because you see them like they they are living in each other's pockets for like 3 days. Yeah. And and so like they essentially just become, you know, like foxhole friends mm-hmm. of you know, like I <laughs> We're like it's four o'clock in the morning, and like she's like she's making coffee, and and like just it absolutely cracked me up. She's got two cups like sitting on like two cups sitting on the counter, and it's just like pouring the coffee pot like back and forth between yeah, them, and like that drove sp- me crazy. Sp- <laughs> spilling coffee everywhere, and yeah. just like. <sighs> Drove me crazy. Yeah, and just like making, you know, make she's made herself at home in his place, like rearranging his furniture, and you know, which he protests, and then he helps. Yes, and then he helps, and but yeah, I I just hadn't remembered a lot of this movie. Yeah, and I but it's so much better than I remember. <laughs> like I was anticipating because, and this is I don't mean anything negative by this because I I like Hugh Grant, but typically I found revisiting his movies disappointing. Yes. I'm hoping that is not the case when we watch Notting Hill at some point. I, I was thinking the exact same thing when but, I was watching the movie. But Hugh Grant's night. movies have 
largely been disappointing because this is this is the third one that mm-hmm. we've covered this is we've, the third Hugh Grant and the second Drew Barrymore that we've covered because we did the wedding singer right 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 we did <laughs> yes I was like huh <laughs> yeah right we did <laughs> yeah because we uh because and we've at this point we've talked about two weeks notice and four weddings and, and four weddings and a funeral and and yet you're right the they just haven't held up as well. They've disappointed me on on review. I went, I went into this expecting a two weeks notice scenario. Yeah. That, that like I, because I remembered enjoying this movie and I have three of the songs from the soundtrack. I have pop goes my heart. I have don't write me out just yet. And I have uh, a way back into love. You know, it's like, I have the three most important songs in the soundtrack. Three most important songs in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and I listened to them quite frequently and I, like, I, I kept thinking like, cause this happens to me sometimes is that I will, I will assign a bit of importance to something based on like a specific, like just how spe- one specific thing made me feel. Mm-hmm. And, and so, <clears throat> You know, like, um, <laughs> like there, there's a movie. It's, it's an like somewhat early in her career, like Gwyneth Paltrow movie. It's really not that good, but I will hold that. Like, I will still like hold on to that movie as like being like really, really great because it has Jonathan Sheck in it, and like, and I adore him ever since that thing you do. Um, and and so I kept like going into this. I was expecting it to be a two weeks notice scenario where I didn't like it as much, even though like I remembered enjoying it, mm-hmm. and I thoroughly enjoy the the songs I have from the soundtrack. And I just kept thinking, am I overblowing this in my mm-hmm. mind because I love these songs? Am I assigning some importance to the movie that isn't there just because I enjoy the music? Mm-hmm. And the cape like no was was the answer <laughs> which i'm glad because i yeah yeah like i said same thing i went into expecting to be slightly disappointed and wound up really enjoying it granted maybe i was just in the mood to enjoy this kind of movie right now Could be. um but the, the other thing is you and i talk a lot off mic about music and mm-hmm. how much music affects you and and oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a lyrics girl you're a melody girl <laughs> like it's just it's, which some of the stuff you like lyrics too but I was like, you're typically I was like I'm calling bullshit on that <laughs> I go lyrics first melody like melody is second not that melodies well, are important but lyrics for some reason always grab me before anything else well, does for for me yeah like I I approach a song lyrics first mm-hmm. and so what because I, I have talked about I have talked about them on this podcast before is like in in our like one of our early OTP episodes the band World Without Sundays mm-hmm. I had heard of them in just very small circles of the internet like of people who were obsessed with Lord of the Rings and so weird that that happened oh I know it's honey such a like it's, it blows my mind yeah um. And like, and the fact that 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 now like long since defunct website is part of the reason why we are such good friends. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so I heard of World of That Sundays because of you know these very small circles of fandom, and but at that time like you know, there was no Spotify, there was no YouTube, there was no like there was no like iTunes at that point. There was no way to just go and like get a sample of somebody's music. Like if I. Wanted, like I just had to to buy their CD mm-hmm. without hearing anything of them first, and 
I went on their website. There was one 30-second clip of their song, Comfortable Denial. But I spent, like, a half hour that night reading over all of the lyrics that they had posted on their website. And the lyrics to uh, Everything We Never Meant to Say... Combined Good with, grief. yeah, the lyrics of everything we never meant to say, combined with the 30 second clip of Comfortable Denial I heard, made me go, okay, I don't care if I like any of this music. Like, I have yeah. to have it for these lyrics. What I meant more and, was, was we're very, like, you, you more so than me are very musically inclined people. And I think that makes us more inclined to this movie. If yeah, that true. makes sense. Someone that isn't, that doesn't care about music, which mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I know that they exist. I just don't. Uh, I don't. Correct. They're hard to converse with for me. Like I like music. I don't like it necessarily. As much as anyone else. Let me say I, it that way. I, hold on. No, I'm sorry, listeners. I have to tell you what is happening in the room while Michelle is discussing this. Her husband is in the corner and just basically gave a "what the fuck" shrug. <laughs> well, I mean, to which part? <laughs> because I'm conversing with people who don't give a shit about music. You no, but you do because you play French horn and that kind of thing. Like you, you care. Josh doesn't like popular music. Yeah, he doesn't like popular music, but you care about the instrumentation and and that kind of stuff. We can talk about it like soundtracks on movies and video games. He nodded. Okay, yes. But but like Michelle's not sleeping on the couch tonight. Michelle was never sleeping on the couch. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Um, But no, like I, I just don't. It's a, he. That's the thing. He doesn't do lyrics, right? Like very often. There, there's a few stuff he does. It basically. But, <laughs> what you don't? I got flipped off now. What did I? To the lyrics. To the, but you don't. Oh, you're doing that to the lyrics, not to me. The okay. Okay. The the difference between Michelle and her husband, like a simple explanation, is Josh leans more towards scores. Michelle leans more towards soundtracks. Yeah, that's fair. And and it depends on the situation. I, there's certain scores I just love. Right. And and he listens to there are some lyric stuff he loves like we he bought me the Buffy soundtrack for the from the musical episode yeah. and listened to it as much as I did so I mean it just it depends on and well yeah and it was Josh who told me about Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog yeah which he, yeah he actually really enjoys musicals which is something that I didn't know when we got married and I'm totally fine with but but yeah anyway to go back to the movie <laughs> my point was more like I think you and I are very musically inclined people. And music can like music can make or break a movie for us because we right. talked about that in well, two weeks' notice. The, uh, the "Pay Paradise to Put Up a Parking Lot" yeah. that song was so good, so well used in that yes. movie. That was one of those moments in that movie that we talked about how good it was. But you and I have also talked off mic and on mic about how a song can ruin a moment. Yes. Or well, when or like when something goes on Netflix and they yes. don't get the original song. I was just about to say that, and how it can just change the entire mood. Yes. Thing. Well, like a perfect example. What is that? That is the battery backup for my uh, PlayStation. Don't oh. know why it's going, but it is. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Oh well. I'll um, try to take it out. <laughs> but you know, a perfect example being, um, I mean, Charmed on Netflix and you know, and and the DVDs mm-hmm. is the fact that they couldn't clear the Smiths' house yeah. now. And it's a completely different vibe to start out an episode mm-hmm. of the show without having that, you know, I am the sun, I am the air, mm-hmm. like, tag at the beginning. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it sets a completely different and, and it does the same thing with, like, certain episodes mm-hmm. and differently. Oh, like, yeah. have different tones at the end, like, underneath moments that are yes. super important. Oh, yeah. And you're like, 
wait, I'm so confused. Why is this? What I don't know what I'm supposed to feel right now because oh yeah, this isn't Dude. right. Yeah, like I, I, for some people I that's that. not a big deal at all, right? Whereas, whereas you and I, I mean, music is important, and I think we all know that it plays a point in how you feel. Music does tell you how to feel in a moment, but. You and I are more likely to notice when something doesn't yes. fit. Or we were watching, I think it was, I think it was a long time ago, I think it was Vampire Diaries, and there was some really not great song. Yes! Oh my god, I remember, I remember when this happened, like, us talking about it. Yeah, it was just not, not good. Whereas, but, everything yeah. in this movie comes together, music-wise, to make it work. Right. Well, in, in contrast to, to like, that Vampire Diaries, like, the um, the music producer on that show was, like, kick-ass. Oh, yeah. Because, one, he featured Sleeper Star several times. <laughs> and because it's uh, the episode of that, the episode of the Vampire Diaries where uh, Elena's lost her vervain necklace. Yes, and, I remember that and, one yes, and Damon brings it in, and, like, and he, he, like, pours his heart out to her, Com- then compels her to forget and then puts her necklace on her and flashes out. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's a powerful scene and it's made, to me, it's made even more powerful mm-hmm. by the fact that underneath that scene, you're hearing sleeper stars, I was wrong, which is, you know, um, it, which like it has a brief verse, but for the most part, it's just it's just a repeat of the vocalization of the like of the of the singer like singing the words. Mm-hmm. I was wrong, and like it's so like it's such a powerful moment, and and, and like I found a perfect example for yes. the killing the moment one. Um, I recently watched all of the one hundred uh, that that was out. It was on Netflix at the time, and the very first episode. Um, they're coming down to earth, like in this thing. And I think the show is excellent. And, and a lot of people, but I almost checked out after this happened. Like the, there's like these hundred teenagers land on earth from the, they had to come from space. It's a whole thing. It, it's really enjoyable, but this beginning is rough. So they get off of the thing. They're not sure if the ground is radioactive. They're not sure if they're yeah. going to live there. And the freaking song radioactive plays. And I love that song, so don't get me wrong. I love that song. It is a fun song, but it was a really weird place. That's a jarring moment. That song is playing as, for the first time, Clark, the main character, is seeing trees and Mm -hmm. mountains. Yeah. But it's doing radioactive. You're like, but... It's not radioactive. I'm so confused. Like, it killed the moment. And, like, I wanted to check out it. Like, I almost checked out of the show at that moment. I don't know why I didn't think of this. We should have just used any single moment from Rain (laughs) as an example. I really like the, the... The actual theme song for Rain, though. No, I, the theme Scotland song, by the Luminaries, so good. Oh yeah, the theme song is great, and the Luminaries, kick, like the Luminaires, kick ass. Luminaires, not Luminaries. Yeah, sorry, no, no, like the Luminaires <laughs> kick ass. My bad. It's like, but no, it was like the the choices that they make with some of the songs on that yeah. show are fucking ridiculous. They are, they are. But and we watch Rain. We hate watch Rain to, <laughs> to explain. But anyways, back to the actual movie well, that like, we're supposed to be talking. But, about. but you know, like, yeah. And something like we should have said, literally, like an entire point and like a thing that we do every month on our podcast is we talk about a couple that is special to us. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about a pairing that has significance to us, and we pick a song for that pairing. Mm-hmm. Like so, like obviously, so you can see where we're coming that, that we come from a place of a love of music and that like, not everyone feels, and how like and that music is important and. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely 100, because there's a conversation that Alex and Sophie have, it's like after, you know, she's kind of, you know, told him her tragic backstory, and I can't say that without laughing anymore, sorry. (laughs) 
Um, but you know, once she's told him her, you know, her tragic backstory where she had an affair with, she had an affair with a writer and he ended up, you know, like not even like thinly veiled, but like essentially like putting her into a book and like, uh, and making it, um, and like, and now like it's, it's kind of ruined her life. Like, because like she, she can't get past it. Mm -hmm. And, they're having this conversation about essentially like, you know, like the power, like the, the, this man's book has over her. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, but you know, Alex points out to her, you know, you're writing a song for this, you know, for like for like the biggest pop star in the world. And she's like, yeah, but you know, like a pop song, like that's not going to impress Sloan Kate. And, and he says, he's like, and he has the line of like you can take all the words and all the novels in all the world is like and none of them will make you feel as good as quickly as I've got sunshine on a cloudy day mm-hmm. when it's cold outside I've got the month of May and he's absolutely right yeah and because you know I I love books we like, both, yeah. like we both do like like I I cherish books. They're one of the most important things in the world to me. But I could go my life never reading another book. I can't go three hours without listening to a song. It's fair. Yeah, it's 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 like I just can't underscore enough like how important it is. And I didn't like going into this. Like I didn't appreciate that this movie would give me like such strong feelings about that. Yeah. I got, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I, amen <laughs> corner. Like I got nothing, <laughs> nothing to add there. But, right. But like, uh, so, so the movie opens with the pop goes my heart music video, which, which, Oh my God. It's, it's such an MTV, like retro feel. It, like it combines all of the eighties music videos that I've ever seen. Yes. Which like is it, just hilarious. Yeah, it just mwah, my note is this video is everything. I want to inject it into my veins. I also was very curious, so I looked at like to see how the de aging was on Hugh, on Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty good. Like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like Marvel made you into a movie, pretty good. But to be fair, it this was, was two thousand. This movie was made in two thousand six. Well, I think it was all makeup effects. Yeah. And so it looks really good. He looks like he could be the same age as Scott Porter in that. Yes. Which is weird. Like, it's so strange to say that. I think haircut helped a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's just really interesting to me to look at. I love de-aging makeup and, yes. making, and seeing how it works when it works well. Yeah. So, yeah, we find out Alex Fletcher is an 80s has-been. And this is like the... He's being pitched to be on the Battle of the Hasbins, Yes. Which is a boxing show. Yeah. The Basically, because what it is... Did you like, catch the network? It was the CW. Which, thinking about it, 2007 <laughs> CW, that would have been like... They would have only been the CW for... Briefly, yeah. Like, maybe like three years at that point. Like, uh, Smallville would have still been on the air. Charmed, I think. Was Charmed ever... No, Charmed wasn't on the air. Because Charmed ended in 06, I think. Maybe of 07. No, it was 06, because I still yeah. lived in Foster when it ended. That's right. what I remember, because <laughs> the commercial came on for it. But yeah, so like it hadn't been the CW for very long at all. So I'm like, now we're in, a, we're in an age where everything on CW is like a superhero show, or right. it's, it's a legitimate network. Yeah. Battle of the Hasbins would be on like VH1 now. Yes. <laughs> Which is what I remembered it was. And so I was really, when it said right. CW, it was jarring. <laughs> it's like, wait. Well, the... Um, it's like we 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 see the the entirety of the pop goes my heart yeah. video and that like I like I love how that plays into an ad 
for for the the uh, battle of the has battle of the eighties has beens yeah because it comes in with like this voiceover of you know pop was one of the biggest bands of the eighties like but now it's known as Colin Thompson's old group Sir Colin as he's known to the Queen. Um, has sold millions of records, been in blockbuster films, and like, and has his own cologne. And so it's like I I know there's more of like a corollary with like George Michael and Wham. Yeah. To to be made, but like I also couldn't help thinking of like Gary Barlow and take that. <laughs> like yeah, you know, um, because like I could not tell you, like other than like Gary Barlow and like. Robbie Williams, I vaguely think of him like once every like six years. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was like other than that, like I couldn't name any other like any other members of the group. I can't tell you anybody in Wham other than George Michael. Yeah, and and so like that's kind of like the corollary that we're supposed to get of yeah. um, the Alex hasn't done anything. Yeah, and so now it's you know fifteen years later. And, and he's trying to kind of get back in the spotlight, yes. or at least re- get get his booking at Knott's Farm, Knott's Berry Knott's Farm. Farm, and Adventureland. Yeah, re- re- he, he, they try to get that booking back, that elusive. Knott's yeah, Farm it's like, book. man, when it gets to the scenes of of him playing, like him doing his gig at Adventureland, it hurts my heart. It hurts me because of like we went to college in Branson. We have seen these has-beens. Like, mm-hmm. they all have theaters in Branson. Mm-hmm. Like, and if they aren't there, they, well, at one point in time, it would have been Celebration City. That's gone. But, but that's yeah. gone. But, yeah, the... But, uh, but the thing is, like, the best part about this, <laughs> about Battle of the 80s has-beens, they aren't singing. They're boxing. Yeah, which is <laughs> it's so strange. Like, it's like, why... And Brad Garrett, when he comes, when when uh, Alex, which is Hugh Grant's character, finally gets back to his apartment, Brad Garrett's like, I am so sorry. I thought it was a th- I am so sorry. Like, I, thought I it was did singing. not know it was boxing. I apologize. Like, I'm a horrible manager. Oh, I, my gosh. He's, he's like, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm a terrible manager. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was boxing. And I loved Hugh Grant. Like, he's just like, no, no, no. Like, it's fine. And he's like, um, he's like I can take seagulls. He's like, I can take a flock of seagulls. He's like, we were on tour with them in 1989. He's like, and like, yeah, we, we beat them most nights. You know, so, something so, like yeah. that. So, he is very comfortable with his place. Yes. As long as he can keep in that place. Like, he doesn't want yeah. to go any lower than that, but he wants to keep that place. And then finds out that Cora, the biggest... Cora Corman, the biggest star in the world. Like, like she... I'm trying to figure out, like, a corollary today. She... Which, which is kind of hard. She's like a teen, teeny bopper that's not working for Disney. Because <laughs> she's basically like the the star equivalent of her would be a like a Taylor Swift or a Beyonce. Yeah. Like in terms of like the magnitude of her. Yeah. But there's not really because it's mostly little girls who like her was my like or little kids it's like younger kids like my daughter listens to her my niece listens to her like it's always younger kids uh, like that a, listen to her yeah it's like basically like the the appeal of a um I like, think Taylor Swift was probably an apt Taylor Swift but um but I'm also like thinking, a Hannah Montana appeal like that yeah, like that, appeal that, to that. Because the look on the jumping way ahead, the look on Kristen Johnson's Johnson's face on uh, Rhonda, I think. Yeah, name, Rhonda. The look on her face when that those dance numbers start, and she's like, "What is my little kid listening to?" Right. <laughs> like, what is this? Because <laughs> so I'm funny. trying, but I'm trying to think of like, 
She she talks about yeah. Shakira in it. So, yeah, I mean, because keep in mind, like, yeah, because because this was done. Because this was made in you know in two thousand six, mm-hmm. and and so like at that time, mm-hmm. like the the club like the club music like dance music scene was still really popular. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like that, that's when you have, and I know like this is like sometime before that, but you know, like this is like the, you know, the Christina Aguilera, like dirty yeah. and you know, like it's like the, I would almost compare it to Christina Aguilera. Well, no, she, looks wise. Looks wise. She like, looks wise. Cora is absolutely supposed to be an amalgamation of Britney Spears and Christina. Aguilera. Yeah. So, but, and she was a huge fan of pop back in the day. And my, one of my favorite lines in this movie is like, because she, she demands like to see Alex because like she wants him to write a song and like upon meeting him tells him that, which, hold on, which song was it? Um, uh, oh, it was, it was it like, uh, dance along with you. Yeah. yeah, Dance with me tonight. Got me through my parents' divorce when I was seven. It's like. Really? It, and he's he's like, oh yeah, because you hear that song later in the movie, and I'm going, okay. And we we all glom on to strange things. That's fair. That's fair. But oh man. But and he's like, oh well, you know, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. And she gives him the job of writing a song with the title "Way Back Into Love" because she just broke up with her boyfriend of two months, and it's just been it's, a really hard time for her. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist the little. Yeah, oh my god. Like, and the other thing, sort of, like, the, the, uh, like, (laughs) sorry, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it. The, the sort of, like, Hindu, like, Buddhist, like, cultural appropriation that's happening. Yes. I was like, which was happening then. Which, yeah. I was like, that and, like, like, Madonna and, like, the Mm -hmm. Kabbalah, like, that Mm -hmm. was huge. Like, it was like, everybody, like, there's a whole, like, storyline, like, of, like, of an episode of Will and Grace about, like, everybody, like, in these shows, like, gotten into Kabbalah. Like, it's, it was huge. Like, and, and Matthew Morrison is her manager, which is just funny. Okay, I have to say, it makes me laugh so hard what this movie does. This movie has exactly one trained actual singer in this movie, and never does he get to sing in I know. It. And, like, and it is full of people who are... Mediocre. Yeah, like, mediocre at best. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, Matt Morrison should should have been the, like, uh, the... I forget, Colin... The, the, like, other member yes. of Wham who got, not Wham, Hop, who got big. Like, that would have been great. But no, no, of course not. Or at least the singing voice of Hugh Grant. Like, let's give Matthew Morrison the job to sing for Hugh Grant. Oh, man. But yeah, Matthew Morrison, yeah, that, trained Broadway. Tra- yeah, trained Broadway performer who, like, you Didn't know, he win a Tony or was nominated for a Tony for Hairspray? Because he was in the original cast of Hairspray. He was in the original cast of Hairspray. Yeah, I know that that well, that and, won a bunch of Tonys. Right, and, and he was he played uh, the J M Barry character in, in the Finding Neverland, Finding yeah. Neverland musical, and like got a lot of it. And that was post Glee. And yeah. so yeah, it's just it's so funny to look at like it's like when I'm watching an old Vancouver show and I see Corey Monteith, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. <sighs> <laughs> right. but, but like it's in a good way with Matthew Morrison it's hilarious because he's also there was something else oh I have a movie with him uh, with him and Zoe Deschanel and Carol Burnett it's Once Upon a Mattress yes and he he's like the most unknown person in that movie but he's like one of the male leads yeah so because it was like an ABC family thing but yeah so Matthew Morrison plays Ray just call him Ray just Ray 
and he is Korra's manager, and yeah, it's like I said, he doesn't sing at all. It's hilarious. He, like, yeah, the one person in this movie like, who can carry a tune. Yeah. Like that's and, why he didn't and, sing. And he's and he's the manager. I didn't I didn't think like, Cora, the irony. You don't to be fair to like you don't really hear Cora sing until she's in her studio singing while yeah. Doing whatever she's doing. <laughs> the, the, or, the orgasm set to the Gandhi soundtrack. Yeah, my other like, favorite line of this movie. I was like, I'm pretty much completely with Drew Barrymore on that line. Yeah. But but yeah, so you get he meets Cora and he's got like basically till Friday, which we don't know at the time exactly what day it is, but it's two probably two Monday or Tuesday, and he's got till Friday to get the song done. Mm-hmm. And that's all he's got. And if he does, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. She's got seven other retro artists working on Way Back Into Love. <laughs> yeah. She would just prefer you. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, oh okay, I need this job. Like, you go course line, I need this job. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so he goes, Brad Garrett, I can't remember Brad Garrett's character name. So His I'm, name's Chris. Chris, right. So Chris says he's going to get a lyricist for him to meet with. <laughs> Which, oh my gosh, I, the that, lyricist is, that, that actor, and he was also in, in, uh, two weeks notice. Oh yeah. The lyricist. I can never remember his name, but he is a character actor that like, I have loved for forever. Yeah. He is so quirky and, and I adore him. In between, right before he goes to meet Cora, we should back up mm-hmm. just a smidge because that's when Sophie shows up at the apartment right. to start watering the plants because Jane is out of town. So Sophie's taking over her job for a little bit mm-hmm. and she waters uh, Alex's plants. And I love the whole story of why he has plants. Yes. <laughs> Makes women feel at ease. That's why he has plants. Yeah. Because occasionally he brings a lady friend back to the apartment. Yes. Oh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah, and so Sophie comes in to, to water the plants. She pricks her finger on a on a cactus and, and starts immediately going into, like, do you have any, you know, like, antibiotic cream and a Band-Aid? And he's just like, um, no. She's like, okay, well, I have to go because, like, I'm slight, I'm slightly hypochondrical and I, like, and, like, this is going to get infected. I just know it. So, um, I, I will come back later. And you should really get a first aid kit. Close yeah. Like, like she comes, she's, she comes in in a whirl of energy. She's a, yeah, she's a dervish. Like. And she puts her stuff on the piano and immediately that gets moved. Like, Alex takes the stuff away from her and yes. moves it off the piano. And, like, like that happens and then she's out the door and you're like, okay, that was a meeting. Like, right. And then she comes back the next day as he's working with the lyricist. Yes. Who has some very um, interesting ideas for lyrics to a song? Yeah, called "Way Back Into Love." Yeah, it's it's not quite, and I'm paraphrasing because I didn't take these down because yeah. he's literally in like five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's basically like you know, smack that bitch on the ass kind of thing. Yeah, it's and, like it's more like she was a witch, she was a bitch, she did like like that kind yeah. of thing. You're like. And, and Alex is trying to put it to this, like, pretty tune that he has written. Yeah. And it is not going to work. So as Sophie is watering the plant, she completes a lyric and completes it differently. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, Alex sees the potential in Sophie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is very much about her and not this lyricist that's here. Mm-hmm. Lyricist gets mad and leaves. Good, good riddance. Yes, we see him. I love the the minor times <laughs> we see him throughout the movie. Yes. It's great, but yeah. So he's gone, 
And Sophie says she can't do it. She's not going to write. No, 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 no. She can't. She can't. She can't. Mm-hmm. She's got to go babysit. Oh, is that the time? I've got to go. Mm-hmm. He chases her down the hallway. She's like, no. Yeah. And, and he tells her, he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm performing this gig tonight. Come at the Hilton. Yeah. Like, I'm performing this gig tonight at the Hilton. So you're like, you, you should, you should totally come by. And, and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I totally won't. Bye. And just like gets in the elevator and like runs off. And, and that's, I do love the interactions that she has with her family. Yeah. It's there's not a lot of it, but there's enough to tell you what yes. it is. And because like I I love that like we cut to her with her niece and nephew and like they're playing <laughs> DDR. They're, yeah, they're playing DDR. And like you start you hear a key in the lock and she's like, Your parents, this is not this is not a drill. Go to bed. This is not a drill. Go, 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 go. 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 Yeah. And, and it's like immediately like shutting everything off and like, you know, like hiding evidence and like the parents walk in. And, and she, you know, immediately the mom asked, you know, her sister Rhonda is like, oh, were the kids in trouble? Oh, no, they've been in bed for ages. And then the kids give, you know, give the game away <laughs> by laughing. She's just like horrible kids. They're the worst. Yes, they're absolutely. They're, they're terrible. Children. And then uh, my favorite part is when she's like, your father's going to come in there. And they keep laughing. Like, and she goes, and then I'm coming. Silence. And the dad's like, I'm going to go make sure they're still breathing. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I love Kristen Johnson so much. But, yeah, so you have that. And, and then she tells Rhonda <laughs> yes. about her day and what happened with Alex that, that she is running Alex Fletcher's plants. And her sister freezes. Mm-hmm. And just stares, like, wide, wide-eyed, oh, yeah. mouth open. She's like, ugh. Alex. Alex Fletcher? Oh, and yeah. Like, yeah, he invited me to his performance. Honey, I'm going out! <laughs> like, yeah, and, like... <laughs> Yeah, and like immediately, like starts like change, like immediately starts like taking off her clothes to like change and like running out of the room. Yeah, and then we see the gig, which is a high school reunion. Yes, nineteen eighty class of nineteen eighty seven. I was a year old. I was I was three, <laughs> and he is doing so. He is performing at a high school reunion. He gets he. It's his her sister like knocks everybody out of the way because Kristen Johnson is not a small woman. She is a tall, she's a tall woman with wide shoulders, yes. and she will use them. Yes, and she does, <laughs> and she gets well, to the front, and, and she and, gets to touch him. Yes, and and the thing to know about like at this gig that he's playing, like all of the women <laughs> have all of the women have a mosh pit like down in front of the stage. Every single man there is bored out of his mind. Yeah. Because it's just like the you get like the pop group was not a target demographic. Yeah, like, the, the target demographic was definitely yeah. teenage girls. Yeah, yeah, and which, which is totally fine. And I realized like something I, I meant to mention like at at the top when, when we were when we first started talking about this was that I like I realized watching this movie. That and something we we've mentioned a time or two on this podcast, like your sister has a diehard passion for eighties music, yeah, and unironically loves Rick Astley, uh huh, and yeah, never gonna give you up is legitimately one of her favorite songs. Yes, absolutely. And going into and like being around Kimmy, I I hear more like eighties pop music than I would on a normal basis. Mm-hmm. And them and the Jonas Brothers, man, that's that's her. <laughs> yes, and I but I realized. I I grew up with more of like like I grew up just like slightly off from eighties pop. I, I wasn't absorb like I didn't absorb as much eighties pop music as I did um hair bands. Mm-hmm. 
So I like there's a part of me like I didn't have like some of like the necessary touchstones to have like the 80s nostalgia for this movie that I would have otherwise had. Well, I don't even think of it as 80s nostalgia anymore. It's more like so really bad. It's like us going and Joey Fatone playing at a, at a high school <laughs> yes. for us. Like yes. like someone from NSYNC playing. It'd probably be more like no, JC. It would, no, no, no. It would it would be Chris Kirkpatrick if we're being honest. <laughs> But but it's more like so that bad. kind of situation for us now because of yeah. the age and the age of the movie, the age of us. Yeah, it, it's more like that kind of thing. And so it's like you have that moment of sitting there going, "Oh, I know people who would be like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of them, but I know people who would be like mm-hmm. that." Like you know, the Jonas Brothers reuniting was one of my sisters. Like she she was so excited. Yeah, because because now she can go see them in concert someday yeah. and and actually see them because mm-hmm. that when they broke up that was like she was the mo- thing she was most upset about was she never saw them in concert. Mm-hmm. She's a huge Jonas Brothers fan. Has oh, been yes. always. Yes, and so and I mean they're they're pretty great. I, I enjoy their stuff too. But I I've never had like the like diehard desire on any band mm-hmm. to go see the like to be like up front close and center to see a concert. I don't think I've had that for any band. That I can think of off the top of my head. I might have. I mean, I've loved in sync for my whole life, but not my whole life, but well, for the whole time they've well, been around. And I like I actually got to go to an NSYNC concert when I was like yeah. fifteen. And I saw Buble, but I, I loved seeing Buble. Yeah. But it wasn't like something I needed to like I would never like throw my shirt or something Which, at the stage. Like the I was thinking it was like the only person who like I was ever like that excited about to go see in concert was Josh Groban. And I was like and I had eighth row seats and like yeah. I like it was like the best night of my life. I'm like I'm there, I'm like with Anne, but, like and, see, I also had a great. thing. I have a thing about personal space with yes. celebrities. Yes, when yes, they grab too. his butt on stage, it makes me so uncomfortable. Oh, for me him. too. I I had to like skip ahead. Like it some... didn't bother me like that. It bothered me for him, but he seemed to enjoy it. Yes. So it's like okay, well that's that's Even, a different situation. I, I, don't, then. I don't care. Yeah. Like it's still. And then he throws his hip out of place, which is yes. great. Just um, great. But yeah, I. Like, I've never, like, I'm the same way. I've never had that level of rubidity. Now, don't now there are people that if I met, I would melt down. Like, before Carrie Fisher died, I would have had a, probably had a meltdown yes. with her. Well, and, and even, I, okay, I, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. I, I went on, um, that, like, there's, there's a cruise event that happens, you know, every year called the Rock Boat. It is a music festival on a cruise ship. And, and most of the bands that are on it, are bands that if you hadn't heard of them, you probably wouldn't have heard of them kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's groups like, you know, Green River Ordinance and Tony Luca. And, and like, you know, the first year that I was there, like it was Augustana and Carbon Leaf and Scott Munns. And, it, and like, these are all artists who like, I love and enjoy their music. But like, if I just walked up to like one of my coworkers and was like, Hey, do you want to go to an Ingram Hill concert? They'd be like, I'm sorry, who? Yeah. And, and so some of the, the best concert I have ever been to in my life was need to breathe on the rock boat. And I was standing like literally like three feet away from the lead singer and, and the best concert I've ever been to. And because these are like lesser well-known artists, like you can like rock up to, to like the, like to the buffet at like three o'clock in the morning and like, see like the lead singer of any one of these bands like sitting there having a soft surf cone like it's at at 3 a.m yeah. like and you're all like drunk off your ass 
and people, you know, like, you wander in, and, like, you sit down with them, and, like, you, like, you literally, like, just sit down and have a chat, like, a drunken 3 a.m. chat over, like, nachos and soft serve, and it's amazing. I still can't, like, just go up and talk to any of them at anything without, like, feeling, like, huh, huh, like, just so, yeah, like, incredibly yeah. nervous. I mean, it's, like, this is sound really weird, but you'll understand my comparison. Me meeting, like, Matt Mercer. I could, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know right. how to do it. Like, I, I would flip out. That, that, that's my, right. and now, as a teenage girl, I probably was screamy about some people. Oh, um, I know I was. Like, like, the Lord of the Rings cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and sync a little bit, but going to an actual concert, like I've been to see, oh man, I went and saw a simple plan mm-hmm. uh, with, for my birthday one year with our friend yeah. Danielle and my friend Megan and different friend Megan. We have, yes. we have a bunch of, we, we have two Megans. So my roommate, Megan and her <laughs> yeah. now husband, there's your Megan and my Meg, <laughs> yeah. but, but her now husband and her and, and our friend Danny, Blindfolded me in the backseat of a car and took me to see Simple Plan, which mm-hmm. was great. It was Simple Plan, Good Charlotte, and Reliant K, which yeah. I was a huge Reliant K fan. That was the main reason I yeah. was there. But I love Simple Plan and all that stuff too. So, but I, and we were really close because they, I love those two, but they were crazy when they got together, Danny and yes. Ron Megan. Yes, yes, yes. And so we were like pushed way up toward the front. And mm-hmm. it just, that's not, have, have, yes, not I, my thing. I went on the rock boat with Danielle. I know how she is at concerts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just not my thing. Like, I had a great time. But, like, and I, I went to a couple concerts by myself where, you know, yeah, you scream, person comes out. But I don't think I've ever had the rabidity, mm-hmm. at least not as an adult, yeah, to want to go and throw myself at, you know, J.C. Chazay or Chris Kirkpatrick or Joey Fatone. <laughs> I love them. I love them. But I've never had that, like, I'm going to, like, throw myself at them mm-hmm. rabidity. That I know a lot of people do have. Mm-hmm. I've just never been like that with, like, I mean, Chris Evans, like, maybe. <laughs> but but even then, I'd probably be like, oh, I my God, he's so pretty, out. I'm going to die. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, it's like that, there's a Jensen Ackles thing, like, he, he's so pretty, if he actually looks straight at you, you're going to blow, you're just going to explode. Right. Like, no. like, the the effect of, like, all of these people, like, I couldn't go to, like, to, like, a Comic-Con, like, anything yeah. like that. Like, even just sitting in, like, Hall H, like, I would just still be, like, so pretty, I'm gonna die. Like, like yeah, the, yeah, the effect that all of like these kinds of people would have on me, like they, like they would be like gorgons. Like I would be, like I would be immediately turned to stone. I was just thinking, I do remember the last time I like had a, a shriek, like thing. We were just watching a trailer for a movie here at the house, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. Like, like that. But I think I let out like a squeal because something right. happened, and he looked at me. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, yeah, like, and part of that, I think, this can sound really weird, part of, like, my I'm sorry comes from, like, the fangirl shame that happens. Yes. That I hate. I don't have that rabidity, but I think it's awesome that people do. Right. Just also remember that there should be a line between you yes. and the celebrity. Like that, yeah, I'm like, celebrities are still people. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that, that's, that's way off topic, but super fun. On. Super fun. Um, but, yeah. So, he's performing there, and winds up basically the sister gets to meet him, which is like her best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Winds up talking her in talking Sophie into working with Alex. And mm. so she shows up the next day to start working with him and be yeah, his racist. I, I love, I can't remember what, what it is that he says, like, cause he, like while he's trying to convince her, he's like, it's like, I like, I can't write my own lyrics. I like, can't explain why. It's like, he tried to rhyme something with the word autopsy. <laughs> Uh, you and me. me. And so autopsy. he's just like, oh, you know, there's something there. Love autopsy. Yeah, like, co- and, co- he co- her, no love to- and he calls her Cole, Cole- Porter and 
Cole Porter in panties. And then he goes, well, you know, Cole Porter might have worn panties. And I'm like, he, that's a possible, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it might have. Um, but, but yeah, she, Sophie kind of like throws together like, you know, like, a f- like four lines for this hypothetical song called like Love Autopsy. Yeah. And, you know, and then like they end up, yeah. Oh yeah, because he comes to see her the next day. That's yeah, what it he is. he comes to see her the and next day. Yeah, like he he comes to see her the next day and and you know and tells her like just point blank like that he's not going to take no for an answer, which you know boundaries, dude. But I get it for the purposes of the movie. Well, and he thinks um, she's she is so much more capable than she wants yes. to accept, and and that's and why so I think he, I the, okay, ugh, this is the thing that I love where he he gets her to like go you know, on a walk, on a walk with him and he takes her into a, I don't know if it's just, I think it's just pianos. Yes. Like it's, it's a music store, but like he takes her in and like sits down at a piano and plays her, you know, plays like, you know, these bars that he wrote to go along with. Yeah. Cause she says she's not a a songwriter and he's like, he goes, you already wrote one. Yeah. And plays love autopsy for her. And that's um, when she finally gives in is in that scene. I was yes. messing up. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he tells her, it's like, you know, he tells her that he thinks that she is a born lyricist. Yeah. Like, which seems to be true. Yeah. So, and when they start trying to record together or not record, but, but work together, <laughs> he, he says something about how, you know, just, just put some words down and we'll figure it out. He's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, just put something down. Like it's not really important. Mm-hmm. And that's when she gives the, the, well, he, the title he, of the movie. He, yeah, he tells her he's that he tells her uh, at some point during this conversation that lyrics are important, uh, just not as important as the melody. And she explains to him that melody is like physical attraction, like sex. The lyrics is getting to know someone, their story, who they are underneath. It's the combination of music and lyrics that makes it magic. She gave us the title of the movie, guys. Anyway. <laughs> hey, she said the thing. Now we understand why the movie is the title it is. Because it wasn't obvious. And, and so she can't, she can't work in a box. Yeah. Um, so like she tries and tries. He plays the like Jeopardy theme song for her. And she kind of gives him a funny glare. Mm-hmm. And then winds up going, no, we have to go walking. We have to, I have yeah. to move. I have to get out. Yeah. So they go for a walk. <laughs> they come across his solo album in a music store. Which, yeah, compared to the, like, you know, six million that, that, is, that yeah. Colin Thompson which, album did. Which, to be fair, Colin took three of the songs he had helped yes. write and, and recorded yes. that. And I'm like, that's one thing that's interesting that's not in this movie is, like, a, com- a confrontation with Colin. We yeah. never see Colin. He's too big. Yeah. I, I find that kind of interesting because I would think that would be a thing mm-hmm. that you would want to see is, like, him and Colin... But but he doesn't this seem movie, to have that. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily have like it's been fifteen years. He doesn't have like. There's no bad blood. It's, yeah, it's it happened. It's over. Yeah, um, I found that interesting because most movies would go that route. Yes, that route of he stole my music and did no. this, and it doesn't go that way, which I thought was interesting. It because it could have easily, and it would have been the easy decision. Yeah, I think to go that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we learned that Alex's solo album only sold 50,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're saying in the, in, in the music store, um, you know, she says, he's like, you know, I, I know what it's like to have, you know, a shadow hanging overhead and then like a light bulb goes off mm-hmm. and like they rush back to his apartment. And she gets the first line. Yes. And so, so they get like now, like they have like the beginnings of a song, but she's happy. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, it gets to, like, they work through the night, and so now it's, you know, the following morning, and, like, she can't think on an empty stomach. So they're going out, and she sees 
the incredible the book the incredible sally michael incredible true story of sally yeah, michaels michael. in the window and tells the story of how it was a, a he was a professor and a writer and mm-hmm. that was where the affair happened turned out he was engaged yeah and she didn't know yeah she yeah she admits to like she she goes to the spiral and admits admits to alex you know that i'm you know i'm sally michaels that she um she had an affair with this man, Sloan Kate, who's her, mm-hmm. her writing instructor. Like she fell in love with him. Um, and then he, he wrote this book, which is quote, the tale of a student with exalted literary aspirations who lures a brilliant writer into an affair so she can take advantage of his connections. But when he tries to break it off, she devotes herself to ruining his life. And she gives that description. Like I had to pause the movie and I was like, Jesus Christ, of course a man wrote this book. I thought of Gone Girl. Because isn't that kind of like the plot of Gone Girl? She's trying to ruin his life? She's trying... Okay. I haven't read Gone Girl or seen Gone Girl. No. No, trust me. It's a whole lot more insidious. Insidious. Yeah. Yeah. But but my my thing was like it's a light version of... No, 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 no. No, basically it's... And because, because like, now that you've brought up, like, Gone Girl is an example of, like, the, the woman has, like, all the power in this, like, in the story of Gone Girl. Like, yeah. Amy has all of the power. Whereas in what it sounds like the, the impossible story, blah, 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 whatever. Incredibly true. The incredibly true story of Sally Michaels. It's how she used him for his connections. Yeah. It, it's a man covering his butt because he got, he got caught with his pants down. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it is. Like that, that's what it is. And that's why I was saying like, of course a man wrote this book. <laughs> um, but, but she, you know, Sophie admits, you know, since then, every time I pick up a pen, I'm haunted by the words that he wrote. And, and that, that she, she says that there's a line, uh, there's a line in the book that of how, Sally was a great mimic and, you know, she could, uh, she could mimic Emily Dickinson and, you know, some of the like other authors. He's like, but stripped of someone else's literary clothes, she was a vacant, empty imitation of a writer. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's like, and that's when Alex tries to make her feel better. Like, Alex is like, okay, number one, he sounds like an idiot. Like, yeah, he's like, no, but then that's when he gives the, uh, yeah, that that's when he says, yeah. you know, like you can take all the words and all the novels, and it will never make you feel as good as fast as you know. I've got sunshine, which, which we talked on about. A cloudy day, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I that scene is so good because he's so right. And, yeah, and and she and you know, like I love you know she she brings up, um, you know, like you know he talks about you know people like you know he he's mentioning people like you know, great songwriters, you know, like Smokey Robinson mm-hmm. and, you know, and the Beatles and like Dylan and, and she's just like, okay, okay. It's like, so say, say Smokey, you know, said it like, you know, your songs, your terrible, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, well, okay, first of all, Smokey would never say that. I've met him. And he's a very nice gentleman. You know, these kind of things. He goes, now Dylan, Dylan, yeah. Dylan did. <laughs> Dylan would. I'm pretty sure Dylan did. Yes. Dylan absolutely would. <laughs> and, and like, Cause I just love this refrain. If he, cause this is the thing that I really appreciate about Alex is that, and like you mentioned it, that he fully understands his place and his role in the world. Yeah. Like he knows who he is. He's like, he's not trying to punch above his weight, but you know, 
But he also undervalues himself. Yes. Like, he, he does do that. Which a but lot of celebrities you don't see on movies. A lot of celebrities I, don't. Yes, I will admit that. But at the same time, to me, that just also comes off as him being British. True. But <laughs> no, the point in the movie where he tells her he knows what he is. He's dessert. You know, Dylan, yeah, like, Smokey, they're a meal. Yeah, the, he's dessert. dinner. He's yeah. dessert. And she's like, no, you can be dinner, too. Like, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that she wants to. She's like, you don't have to be what you are. You mm-hmm. can be better. Like, you don't yeah. have to settle for this. Right. And he's telling her the same thing. Like, yeah. I, I think that's the other thing about this movie that I really like, is they both do need that person in their corner. Yes, they absolutely To do. kick them in the butt when they're wrong, because they absolutely both will do that. And and to be fair, it's like, they, they each have a very, like, willing and, like, supportive support system. Yeah. It's just, you get the idea of, like, you know, because, like, they each have sort of, like, a generic cheerleader in their corner who wants the best for them, but, like, they just aren't getting, like, that... Doesn't know how to attain it. Yeah, it's like, they they just aren't getting, like, that fine-tuned message that they each need. Yeah. And, and so, you know, like, now, like, after they've had this whole conversation in, uh, in the diner for breakfast, and she's opened up to him, um, like, they go... You know, they go back to his apartment. Like this is where we get like some of some of like the uh, like we get them bickering. This is where we have the furniture moving. Yeah, because um, like she wants to sit closer to the piano because it helps her work better. He's like, yeah, and he's like, but then I'm trapped. We have to, so they have to move everything yes. in the apartment. It's it's great, and it's such a. Then they start like the montage of them working, kind of. Yes, thing. and my, <laughs> my note is it goes from like the bickering and the furniture rearranging to over caffeinated mania and plant over watering because yeah. like she's so jittery and like she is just like literally like pouring out like an entire watering can on this one plant. And, like, and he's like, you can start killing the other one now. Yes. <laughs> like, it just turns out. It's great. It's my favorite like, part. They are both, like so they are both so jittery. But, and this is where, like where I talked about like the domesticity chemistry comes yes. in. They work around each other very well. They work with each other and around each other. Yes. And, and I love that. Like that's, that's something that we talk about on other movies yeah, like, you don't see like how can this couple make it i can't see them actually living together or or actually sharing a life mm-hmm. whereas you begin to see that with these two how and how yeah, there I, can be an attraction I, right and i was i was gonna bring up the point of it this is gonna sound so strange um when i when i use this explanation but like to me like like a sign of of being um like a sign of like of when like when you have a connection with somebody and like you've spent time with them and like you've gotten to know them is that you um you can see it in how you maneuver in a kitchen together uh-huh because and i say that of you know because like i first noticed it like after Anne and i had been living together for a little while and like the way that we would you know just kind of like maneuver around one another like in the mornings and like not get in each other's way but we were still in each other's space mm-hmm. and and then like i noticed it with like my cousin and and his wife when like we were having a big like family fourth of july thing mm-hmm. and and just the way that they moved like like around each other in the kitchen and again like not getting in each other's way but still in each other's space Mm -hmm. and and like i've even used it in fic and Mm -hmm. you know and i see it you know it's every every saturday like when we're having D &D. like all of us were together so much Mm -hmm. and it's like so often like that we can kind of like all like and you have like the area between like your stove and like your island it's very small yeah 
And so, but like the way that we all just kind of move in and out and like without thinking mm-hmm. in each other's way. And, and it's like, it's just something that I all, it's what I always think of when yeah. I think of like people having like people being close and like, you can see it mm-hmm. in this small interaction. And it was something that stood out to me. And, and I brought it up, you know, we're talking about like the, the little moments of domesticity that we loved in uh, like my girlfriend's boyfriend, yeah. like within like putting away the groceries and everything. And to me like this, like in this of, um, of like the, like the coffee and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, she's like spilling coffee everywhere. And like, they're both like so hyped up. The moment he drinks it, it's like, no, no, yeah. no. And just like that moment of like him, like, you know, picking up the coffee and like, and he kind of cleaning, like where she's like spilled it everywhere, takes a drink immediately, like leans over and spits it in the, in the sink. Like it's just, there, there's something about it in that moment to me that feels very distilled of like, it's in this moment that you realize because they have been thrown together for like these very, like these three days and they are living out of each other's pockets mm-hmm. that like they, they have this like boiled down, like yeah. instantly. They had to open up to each other. Yes. They had and, to, like, it, like, it's kind of a forced thing. Like it's what you'd see like in a reality TV environment. Like, like almost. Well, I mean, cause it's like why, like for example, like John Barrowman and uh, I forgot her name. Uh, they were together. I'm a celebrity. Yeah, yeah they were together. I'm a celebrity, and now she's like super close to him and Scott. And yeah, like anytime they're in London, they're doing stuff together. And, and it's that kind of like I don't want to say artificial. That's the wrong word, but forced to quickly assimilate with people. Mm-hmm. Those two in, in this movie are forced to quickly assimilate mm-hmm. together so that he can get this job that is super important. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get it, he's in some trouble because he's yeah. not booking as many things as he used to, and he's being canceled and. All that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, there's this forced intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, and forced is not a good word for that, but it's the best I have. Because it's, it's, it happens because they, it has to happen now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen naturally. But they are so simpatico that it almost feels natural. Does that yeah. make sense? It's a really weird explanation. I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, and so you have this whole montage of them writing the song and then him starting to record the song, which I love that he plays more than one instrument. Mm-hmm. He plays like two a couple of different guitars and he like and, he he's playing like he plays an acoustic, he yeah, plays a bass. bass. He uh, plays piano, he uses a keyboard to simulate to, like, drums. Lead up the drums, yeah. Yeah, and and all the while she's trying to finish the last of the lyric cuz she's not happy with it. Mm-hmm. Cuz she's a perfectionist. That's yes. the other thing. Is she's like, you know, corner sounds better than spaces and we see them singing it to the doorman at the at his building, which he was also in two weeks notice or not two weeks notice. I'm sorry. No, he was in um, another Sandra Bullock movie. Sorry. I was like, that guy was in the proposal. He's the guy that she fires. Oh yeah. Right at the is. beginning. Yeah. So, so you have like this, this really great, and they finally finished the song and like they're singing to the doorman. He goes, I'm tone deaf. Yeah. Like that, that is a punchline. Like yes. that's so good. And then, you know, he, the, so you, so he's playing, he's laying down all the tracks and stuff. And then he gets her to come sing with him. Mm hmm. That moment, like, there's something about, I was going to say two people sharing a mic, but we share a mic, but we don't <laughs> share it like that. There's there's an intimacy to that recording session. Yes. That, that is so pretty to watch. It really is. And, and I have the note of, like, I'm suddenly realizing that I'm a huge sucker for people coming together over music. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because there's, there's something similar in the 1970s version of A Star is Born, mm-hmm. where he brings her, like, into the studio 
to like he's recording a song and just decides like well i have to have you on it and and like it's the two of them at a mic and like they're stealing kisses and music breaks and like mm-hmm. it's so good oh i'm a sucker for that kind of yeah. thing. yeah like i'm such a sucker for that kind of of story yes it's probably one of the reasons that glee made me stick around as long as it did <laughs> is because i'm a sucker for people right. falling in love over music and and like i was never the biggest rachel finn fan but watching that happen mm-hmm was enjoyable. Yeah. And like, it's probably why I'm a musicals fan. It, it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Watch it, especially at musicals. Like, yeah. Where, uh, like, where it's, uh, what is the word? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right word to describe what I'm trying to say, but like this, like where right. it's, and it's music that say, happens organically. Well, yeah. And I was going to say like, to me, like a prime example of this is the, is the musical once. Yeah. With, and it's just, you know, the guy and the girl and she hears him like, sing like it's not even like singing his heart out it's like his like his heart is being ripped out through his music and and is just like wow you're really great and like you need to be something more than than a busker and and it's like she pushes him to be more and Mm -hmm. like they end up recording an album together Mm -hmm. and yeah like i'm an absolute sucker for it i have gone to see because there there's the movie musical once Mm -hmm. with glenn hansard and marquette dear glover and which won which won an oscar Uh for best song and and then there's the broadway musical once which i have seen twice now Mm -hmm. and it is so good and yeah I'm ex- watching this movie very quickly. Like I realized, like I have a favorite trope. I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always funny when those like smack you in the face. Yeah. Like, oh. like it was literally like, Oh, this explains so much about my life. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, we get them laying, laying down the music. Um, they've only got like another hour before yes, she's leaving. And they run, like they hurry up, they get it to Cora and she listens to the demo right there. I love that she's listening to the demo, and, and, and they keep trying to make awkward conversation, like like uh, Alex does. He keeps trying to have like this. He's <laughs> right. like, "Do you see that uh, Battle of the Eighties thing?" You see? And she's like, yeah. "Like that, that Debbie Gibson, she can really take a punch." And, and just have like, and everybody is just like, just kind of nod. Drew Barrymore's like, I, "I didn't see it. Like, I can't back you up, hun. I'm like, yeah. not hun, but I, I can't back you up." Like he's looking at her to back up, and she's like, "Yeah, I didn't see it. Sorry." But yeah, they, um, so like they, they, Cora listens to the demo, they've got the job, and now- That scene is so cute, where they like throw, like, he hugs her and she's like, throws herself in his arms, like, yes. that's so great. Um, Celebratory and, dinner! Yeah, so like, they, they're celebrating, they're, they go to dinner with Chris, and like, I love it, like, because you've got Chris and his date- what was the woman's name? Paula? I think so. Yes. Something like that. I can't remember. I, I don't she's think She's not in now. much of the movie, so it's not Yeah, huge she's thing. only in this one scene. And and so they're both, like, Chris is in a suit. She's like, this woman is in, like, a very nice red dress. And then you've got, you've got Alex and, uh, and Sophie, who, and I have to say, like, Drew Barrymore, like, she, like, she really looks, like, dead on her feet, tired. Yeah, because they haven't slept, really. Like, yeah, and she, and... you know, she makes the point, she's like, you know, like, I haven't showered in, like, three days, and, like, yeah. I haven't, like, I've, like, I've been awake for four, and, and, like, yeah, like, they both, just, like, they look exhausted. Especially her. Especially like, her. And it's, like, they're, they're there in this restaurant with, you know, with Chris, and, like, they've just had this big win, 
and in walks Sloane Cave. With a, with a cavalcade of people. Yes. With, with an entourage. Um, and she, of course, you know, immediately sneaks yeah. out to the bathroom. <laughs> like, immediately. Yes, Sophie, Sophie sneaks her way across across the uh, across the restaurant and hides in the loo. Um, and um, and Alex tries. I, yes, like, he tries so hard. We talked about Dream Tweets notice, but like one of my favorite things about a Hugh Grant, a lot of Hugh Grant movies, mm-hmm. I love when he tries to help. Like, yes, especially this movie. He, it's not like an unhealthy like I, I don't want you to like I have to be the knight in shining armor. It's like I want to ease this person's suffering because I care about this person, yes. and this person doesn't deserve this. Yeah, and and he, you know, she she tells him, you know, like I've had this whole speech prepared and she's like but now like now that i see him like i'm realizing like i'm a coward and you know i can't i can't say these things to him and he's and he's trying to bolster her uh-huh. and it's basically like like do you really like you he's like you know like your lover like who who did you wrong like is now here and you have the chance to like say what you always wanted to say <laughs> and you're in a good place like, like, you're, like, like you're in a good place like you just like you like you were never going to have a bigger win than this kind of thing. And he says, you know, tells her, it's like, you could make relationship history. So if you were doing the thing people have dreamed about doing. Oh, yeah. And he's basically, he's like, for a, for the rest of us, you must do this. And and so. He gets the dress from uh, he, Chris's date. Because he's like, well, because she's like, I haven't showered in three days. I look awful. So he's like, you're right. You're right. You have to look good. So he gets yes. this dress. And the therapist, she's a therapist. Yeah. She goes, 11 years as a therapist. And I finally helped someone. someone. <laughs> That yeah. was that was great. So yeah. So so now uh so now Sophie is in this the, like this low cut lovely red dress. Red dress. Yeah. <laughs> red dress, excuse me. And um you know like they 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 styled her hair a little bit, freshened up her makeup and and like now Alex, Alex is right beside Alex her. Alex marches her out there to and to confront Sloane and it's basically just like she can't get a word out. She can't. She can't say And anything. so Alex tries. Like, Alex starts to help her. Like, Alex starts starts the speech, and, like, she she still can't do it. And, like, he tried, like, they tried to a couple of times, and then his table's ready. And Yeah, it's just the entire confrontation fails. And at that, but that moment when Alex goes back and, and like, she, can you just please listen to what she has to say? He goes, I know, and Sloan, I know what she has to I say. Know. Campbell Scott, love of my life. <laughs> it pains me to see you like this. It's like, I know what she came to say, and it's better if she just leaves, basically. Like, she did seduce me. She did all this kind of stuff. No, no, I don't think that's what happened, but whatever. Yeah, so they- everything about her personality says that is not what happened. Yeah. But I love the, like, he tries to, like... They get into a shoving match. She's, like, fighting for her honor. All of a sudden... Which... Like, the camera goes to to Chris running over to, like, catch him. And all of a sudden, you go back and and, uh, uh, Sloan has has uh Hugh Grant, but has Alex face (laughs) on the table. He's like, I give up. My face is in the butter. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why that tickled me so much. But it was like I was like that had to be an improv, but that's I, amazing. Like I also just I also love like the recurring theme of like Hugh Grant having like terrible on screen fights because like there's this and then both Bridget, Bridget Jones, Jones, both Bridget Jones movies with Colin Firth. Like I okay, I tried to explain to my mom like she didn't want she was never going to watch Bridget Jones, and I tried to sell her on as like it has like the most ridiculous fights. Like it is. 
like in both movies, mm-hmm. it is worth seeing just for that. It's true. Um, and then so she, the next thing you see is like her helping him into the apartment, and his pop hip has gone gone out. Yes, he's like, I've suffered for my art. <laughs> like, oh, how I've suffered! Like the like sardonic way he says that. Like, like no one will know the suffering I've yeah. seen. Yes, <laughs> and and she gets him ice, and she's like, "You want some ice on your thing?" Because all you have is with whiskey. Yeah, she still brings him an ice pack out. But. And and I like and I like during all of this, like he's he's proclaiming he's he's like he's a jerk. Like, what did you ever see in him? Like, he is a jerk. And she tries to kind of defend someone a little bit. He's just like, no, he's a jerk. Like, he says the phrase, he's a jerk, like, at least, like, 12 times yeah. during this scene. And and this is where, like, we get the first sort of overture of, like, you're, you're more than what you are. Because, it, like, you know, he... Um, and th- I, I will admit this, like... This, and, like, because it's a rom-com, like, and it, it, it has to happen, like, when the moments where it's, like, the gloves are off and, like, they're, you know, telling each other, like, what they really think kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, the way that it's delivered, like, it's, like, it's, like, it never feels like it's out of malice. Yeah. In this, the way that it does in some. Yeah. Like, and, because, like, here, like, you can tell, like, he's frustrated and he's a little bit, like... Not, like, angry is not the right word, but, like, maybe, like, a flash of annoyance or something. Cause, but, you know, when he, like, he tells Sophie, um, he's like, I think you're terrified of losing Sally Michaels because then you'd have nothing to hide behind and you'd have to stand on your own two feet. And, and she doesn't get mad at it. No, she doesn't. Because, like, I, you know, she realizes there's some truth to what he says. Yeah. You know, and he continues. He's like, you're way too talented and gifted and unusual to let anyone keep you from standing. Yeah, that's a great line. It's so good. It's like, and, and, um, and she kind of, and, like, during all of this, like, she's holding the ice pack to his cheek. And then I love, she asks, like, is this helping? And he goes, it would if it was the right cheek. And, and she kind of, they have a laugh over it uh-huh. and she leans in and like, and she kisses, you know, she kisses the injured cheek, which then leads into the real kiss. Yeah. And, and it's the look on his face. Cause when she first kisses cheek, he goes, Oh, that does feel a lot better, better now. Yeah. And then they kiss and that leads to Shmexy times under the piano, apparently. Right. But, but yeah, there's this like, moment like this romantic moment yeah and i love the way and the moment is played i i do too i was gonna say it's almost hugh grant is almost taken alex, alex was taken by surprise a little bit but like there, there is something about the way that this is played that to me like doesn't often come across in a lot of rom-coms it's like it's what it's played for but i never quite feel like the emotion that i'm supposed to feel which is you know, either like, oh, finally, like yeah, it's yeah. happened, or you know, like, or some sense of like, like, like I, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase it, but like, you know, sometimes the moment, you know, like when when they finally kiss, or like when the couple like finally, you know, when they sleep together for the first time, you know, it's played off to be, um, you know, like that the that the the scene itself is to, like is supposed to feel sexy and seductive, or like it's supposed to like 
almost like we're supposed to be feeling the thing that's happening. You know, yeah. I don't know like how like I'm not explaining it. Like well. a palpable tension. Yes, feeling. like a palpable thing. And and like I mentioned, like this to me like was the moment when I realized that there's no like shower of sparks happening mm-hmm. between the two of them, but like there is something solid. Well, it, it's like they don't fall in love; they just realize they are. Yeah, like almost. it's not. It's not like the like the sparks we see in a lot of other movies. Like I'm, I hate going back to this movie, but like in uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. There's this immediate attraction between the two when their eyes lock. Right. You don't know anything about that person. This is a more almost real attraction. A little like the, like there's something tangible to it. Yes, yeah, like using like using um, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and again, like I have now suddenly forgotten every single other movie we've we ever watched. We've yeah. ever watched. Uh, <laughs> but it's almost like that that first like hit of attraction. It's the like it's it's almost like a flash of like lust combined like lust and attraction yeah and it's it's the ooh sparkly kind of moment yeah like whereas this like I said it feels solid like it, yeah it feels like genuine isn't the word I'm going for but like like it feels tangible like it mm-hmm. no tangible is not the word I'm looking for it like it's something like attainable yeah like it's it's like it, it like it's one of the like one of the few times I've seen a rom com and gone like okay, like like I see that moment. Like I, I see that. that. Like yeah. yeah, like this is a moment I understand. Yeah, and and just that moment of like where like they actually have like their first kiss. Like I said, it's there. Like there's no fireworks. There, you know, there's no. You know, like there's no like you know like marching band. There's no like huge show. It's just, just what happens. It's yeah. just what happens, and like, and I appreciated that so well, much. And, and and a lot of movies that would end with that kiss, like that would be the end of the movie. They wrote their song, it got bought, they're done. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way this movie ends. This movie still no. has another, quite a little bit more to go. <laughs> it was at this point that I'm like, holy shit, how is there still 45 minutes left of this? Yeah, because like the next morning, he's not sure that this was a good idea after all. And yeah. like when he wakes up, I love when he hits his head on the piano <laughs> and then he's like getting into his jeans, going out the door to talk on the phone to Chris. Yeah. And he's like, I don't like, kind of like, I don't know how I feel it's, about this. Yeah. Hold on. I, I have the, I have the line. It's like, he's, he's talking to Chris and he's just like, um, so I just slept, you know, he's kind of admitting and like, it's almost like he doesn't quite believe what he's telling Chris. He's you know, that he slept with Sophie and Chris is like, this is terrible unless you're happy. In which case I'm very pleased for you. Yeah. yeah Chris is the, the, the manager. Yeah. Like, he is the manager. And, uh, and then Sophie's up. So he doesn't really get to tell Chris how he feels about it. Yeah. Cause he's got this like almost panic look on his face. Cause this is sex that would mean something. Yes. Because this is someone he works with and he definitely wants to keep working with her. Yes. Because he finally wrote something that's good. So yeah, that, that whole thing is interesting. She's like, I'll clean up here a little bit and then I'll, you know, and he's like, well, I'd, I'd ask you to stay, but I have this, you know, like I like he has the gig at adventure. And, and he could have, this is what makes me like, there's something I wish I knew more about how he was feeling. Like I wish we had just like a second more on the phone with Chris yeah. to see where he was going. Cause he looks really awkward about it. But then he goes, well, you could come to my gig if you wanted yeah. to like awkward boyfriend. Do you want to go check? Yes it's, or no. Like, yeah. It's like they, because now it's like they, they've kind of pole vaulted over because, because what happened was is like they they were thrown together for like such like we like we described before of like this intense 
sort of mm-hmm. like this intense, like rapid intimacy mm-hmm. and, and having to like, you know, like get down to like very quickly, like, un- like get to know each other's souls kind of thing. Yeah. And like, and so now like they, they've pole vaulted into, into the physical intimacy, which you know, like sort of like on like the sliding scale of like a timeline of getting to know one another, like where that might be. Like now it's like, okay, it's happened. And okay. Like where, like, where do we go from here? What are we doing? Yeah. What what are we doing? And so now, now they're in the, like the, like the real sort of like getting to know you phase. And and this is, like I said, like they, they've just completely pole vaulted over all of that. And now, now mm-hmm. it's the like, okay, well, you know, come with me while I do my thing. And if you want to, yeah. And like, let's spend, because they want to keep spending time with you. Yeah. It's like, they know, you know, I want to hang out with you. Like, I but they both keep giving each other outs so yes. that it doesn't have to happen. Um, but yeah, I love the amusement performance. The amusement park performance is one of my favorite moments in the movie. Yes, for them because like he's performing one of the, one of the pops. I think he's performing "Pop Goes My Heart." Yeah, and he looks around the thing and sees that very few people are paying attention to him. He's he's not he's not paying attention to the people in front of him. <clears throat> he's seeing the people over on the you know line for the ride that are ignoring him, mm-hmm. or the, the pe- couple like eating, eating on popcorn, the bench. And, yeah, or a couple giving them a look as they walk by, and mm-hmm. and he's seeing all that. He's not seeing the like you know. 24 or 30, 40 people that are yeah. in front of him. And so he comes back, he finishes the song. He, now he never changes his performance. He is a consummate professional mm-hmm. and he comes back backstage. And Sophie's like, that was so good. And cause Sophie, like I noticed in the background when he's singing, you actually see her like dancing. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause this is the first time she's really hearing these songs mm-hmm. cause they were her sister's band. Yeah. And not, and, and, and yeah. And her sister is seven years older than her. Yeah. So, so she's finally like really listening to these songs and she, you know, she's really having a good time. And then, uh, Chris is like, we have to go out into the encore. And he's like, do I have to? Nobody cares. In yeah. the encore. And he's like, yeah, it's in the contract. You have to. And that's when you get Sophie telling him mm-hmm. these songs matter. Mm-hmm. Like these are good songs. Like that. I, I didn't write it all down, but he should be yeah. proud to sing these songs. Yes, absolutely. Because they are quality songs. She's like, I admit, this is the first time I'm hearing most of them, but they're so good. And like, she gives him what he needs mm-hmm. to, to go to back, get out, back there. out there. She's like, you are making people happy and feel good. And these songs are good. Yes. And then she goes around. I, and, oh man. That, that is my favorite thing is because she yeah she goes around to to the front of the stage and she's standing at the back of the crowd uh-huh. and and while he's doing his encore and i love just the little flashes that we get of like we see her out in the crowd and then cut back to him and like and he like there's like a little like of a chuckle and his, and, his and face changes yes his face completely changes when she's out there it because it goes from being his show face to being a genuine Genu- yes yeah, it's like he, so he's smiling. It's like, and she does like the thing of like, you know, taking out her cell phone. Her flip phone. Yeah, her flip phone and like waving it, you know, like with like a lighter. And she's just having a good time. Yeah, back she's, there. she's just having fun and so is he. And it lets him have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it legitimately makes him feel better. And that is, as much as Chris tries, it, Chris is paid to make him feel better yeah. and he knows it. Like, it, I don't think, in a lot of ways, I don't think Alex ever forgets that. Yeah. Chris is paid to make him feel better. Yeah. She's not. She could have gone mm-hmm. home. She she is, and she is the most honest person when it comes to that kind of stuff. If she didn't like it, she'd have told him. Mm-hmm. 
And so that, like, I love that whole scene. Like, it just gives another layer to this relationship. Like, a lot of times I complain in movies mm-hmm. when the couple has only known each, other, known each other three days, and all of a sudden there's this, like, intimacy. But for these two, because of the whole intensity of the first two or three days mm-hmm. that they knew each other, this, like, first week they know each other, there is more of a of a depth to the relationship yes. than there would be in a typical relationship. Mm-hmm. I love that, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that's something that I fully appreciate. And then she gets him to go to dinner at her sister's house. Yes. To get her out of trouble. Yeah. And um, I don't have the intent. But basically, it's like, you know, they, they're they having, you know, they're having dinner with family. And, like, an afterward. Yeah. Um, he's playing DDR the yeah, he's, with the kids. He's, yeah. He's playing DDR with the kids. And, and so Sophie and Rhonda are kind of, you know, clearing up the dishes and, and, you know, they're, they're having, um, you know, they're, they're exchanging the hot goss and, um, you know, Sophie's filling in, you know, filling in her sister on like everything that's happened the past couple of days. I'm just imagining what I do if my sister told me she like slept with Justin Timberlake, not, that, <laughs> not just Timberlake is an apt cause he's married and, and right. stuff, but slept with like someone like that. I should be like, yeah, no, like that. I would probably have the Rhonda reaction. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, oh. Right. Like, I don't have a sister. Like, but if I heard that from Kimmy, I'd be like, I would have the same reaction. Yeah. Um, but the, but I also Rhonda I, is concerned, which I love. Rhonda is yeah. playing the concerned big sister. She's like, you don't fall off. And, and mm-hmm. when you do, it's, it's big. Yeah. And she's like, it's not like that kind of thing. And, and Rhonda being the big sister knows that that is crap. Yeah. She's like, mm, and that's when the, the fact that they slept together comes out. Yeah. And Rhonda has a moment to fangirl. There's nothing wrong with that. As you would. Take a moment. Um, I didn't get the the entire line down, but it's like, they're talking about like something to do, like something being passionate. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly how the exchange um, goes. She, like, she's like, how do you know if he's, because yeah. Rhonda wants her to make sure that he is passionate about her. Yeah. And not just like the project they're working on or whatever. Right. Yeah, that's, that's what and it is. And she goes, how do you know if someone's passionate about you? Come and on. Rhonda's response is, you know, I think it's when they do something extraordinary. Because, like, for her, it was when her husband told his mother, I'm going to marry her anyway. Mm-hmm. I hate that woman. Like, that, yeah. that, was, that was such a great, like, yeah. I love it. Like, like that was, that's the perfect, like, undercut moment. Like, the timing in this movie is everything. Yes. Like, joke timing, we talked about this before with other movies, joke timing is so important and not sacrificing the romance for mm-hmm. the comedy. And they don't in this movie. Right. They pick the right moments and it makes me so happy. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, I'm I'm right because there with two weeks you. notice that was one of our big problems, and it's written and directed with the same person. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's why I keep going back to that. Mm-hmm. But that's one of our big problems with that movie is that it undercut it, the yeah, romantic it, elements for the comedy. Absolutely, and this balances it so much better. It absolutely. And I mean, does. I love Drew Barrymore, and I think Drew Barrymore is excellent at that, just in general. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that helps a lot. But yeah. I just love it. I just, it makes me so happy. <laughs> um, but then, you know, we get them, them, they're leaving Rhonda's mm-hmm. and this is where like, we get like the slightly awkward goodbye. He always looks surprised when he kisses her though. Like, yeah, a little like bit. She, they kind of like her saying goodbye and he kisses. And he's like, Oh yeah, I do like her. And then he can't, goes back for a second. Yeah. Kiss. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I forgot. It's, it's a little bit. Yeah. They're awkward and a little bit adorable. Um, it wasn't an uncomfortable awkward. It's yeah, it was like it could have gone that way real quick, but it didn't. It it felt, despite the fact that like we've said that they like 
you know, that, that they already have, like, like, despite, like, the level of intimacy that they already have, it felt very much, like, second date awkward. Which it should. Yeah. Which it absolutely should. <laughs> and, and, you know, but the plan is that they're meeting Cora at the studio, mm-hmm. you know, at 10 o'clock tomorrow, you know, he's gonna, like, you know, he's gonna get a cab and come by and pick her up and they'll go to the studio together. I love that whole, that whole that exchange. Whole, yes. Not, we don't need to go into it, but watch the movie. Like, it's just adorable. The banter between the two, we're not covering at all, yeah. is so good. Which, which was a pleasant surprise after... Yeah. Because I think we talked about that in two weeks' notice, how the banter was something that really worked for us, but not on a romantic level. Whereas yeah. the banter in this works on a romantic level. Yes, for me. absolutely. And I, I find that interesting. This is like, was again, the same writer and one of the same actors. And mm-hmm. it just took a little tweak to the acting and to some of the direction. Because yep. this was made a few years after two weeks' notice. So, I mean, everybody has mm-hmm. a little bit more. Not everybody, because Hugh Grant is Hugh Grant forever. <laughs> but but Mark Lawrence has a bit more, you know, finesse with the, the performances, mm-hmm. I guess. Um. But then, yeah, yeah. This is like we get to the studio and like Cora has made some changes. She's rewritten some of the song, not rewritten, but changed some of the music. Basically, it's like taken what is like a a sincere, sweet ballad, yeah, and turned it into like something that's got like you know a rap at the beginning, and it's got. It's got a dance beat to it, and, and it's got like a very Indian flair. Yeah, lots of Indian like there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sitar yeah, music, there's some sitar music, and um, lots and lots of undulating and moaning and moaning, which and, is, which and is as, why yeah. yeah, which is why that Sophie describes it as like as an orgasm set to the Gandhi soundtrack. Yeah, she like she offended two cultures completely. Yeah, she offended two cultures. <laughs> she ruined two cultures at that like in ten seconds of that song. Yes, um, and Sophie wants to tell her. No, don't do this. Because yeah, because Alex, Alex is kissing up. Alex wants to. Yeah, Alex wants this gig. Like Alex needs this gig. He he needs the gig, and yeah, because like he he needs to get back to being something. He's as I wrote, he sells out. That's what my notes. A little, like, yeah. Like he's willing to sacrifice the artistic integrity of this piece. Yes. Because well, Cora is the biggest artist ever, and if she wants to record it, he will do whatever yeah. it takes and, to get it recorded. And th- this is where, um, this is where Sophie is telling him, you know, like what, um, like you know, basically saying, like you know, we have like a really great song, and. You know what, like you know your your heroes, you know the Beatles and Dylan and Smokey. You know what what would they say, like if you know to like you know what would they say like to you doing this? And he says you know, basically says like, well, that's the difference. He's like he's like they were the geniuses. They wrote dinner. I write dessert, and that's what she's like. But you could write dinner. Like, like yeah, like they have this great moment in the street. <laughs> yeah. And and they're still having the fight when she catches a cab and she's like, I'll see you tonight. Yeah. They've been invited to a party and she's going to tell the truth to mm-hmm. Cora. And he's like, no, you're not. You're not invited if that's the case. No, you're not. No, yeah. you're not. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I am. Like, it's just a, it's just for a very yeah. long drawn out. Yeah. Are not are two. Right. Like, it's a very, it really, it really is. Um, but kind of like cut to cut to the party mm-hmm. and, and find like Sophie does kind of get her, her two cents in. Yeah. So with, with Cora. Cora and she, and like kind of like she she does it very tactfully. Yeah, she's very nice about it. Yeah, she's very nice about it. And like and the way that she explains it to Cora is your very confident sexual display is a contradiction of the fear and insecurity that we're conveying in the song. Yeah. In the song. 
And, like, Cora doesn't, like, quite get it. Like, she, Cora loves the song and she wants to record it, but, like, there's still, but Cora Shakira is, is breathing down her neck. Every, yeah. Every, she has a certain fan base that expects a certain thing, and so she's got to deliver that certain thing. Yes. That's, that's essentially what she's saying. Yes. It's what Alex tries to explain. Right. Here in a few, here in a minute after that. To uh, to Sophie, he's like she. At the end of the day, it's a music business. She has yeah. to get people in the seat, and she has to do that by appealing to her audience yeah. and by doing the thing they expect. We Cora also tells them that she that they need that they need four more lines. Yeah, they need one needs, more verse. That it needs one more verse because, like, right now the song doesn't feel complete. It doesn't feel like it ends yet, and and so like she needs it asap, and because they're performing in like a week. Yeah, she's she's opening her tour at Madison Square Garden, and yeah. like that's where this song is going to debut, and and so so you know Alex and Sophie like they're they're still carrying on like their their disagreement over it, and I love that um, you know, she you know, she tells him um, you know like she doesn't want this to be like his solo album. Where, you know, like, you were trying so hard to get a hit that, like, it just, it just wasn't you and the songs were so Yeah, because we saw in between the meeting with Cora and their awkward goodnight, she's listening to his album and he is reading the Sally Michaels book. Yeah. Like, we see those two things happening. And I think those are really important moments. Mm-hmm. They're both trying to get insights to the person and they want to help the other person mm-hmm. however they can. And that means exposing themselves to things yep. that the other person may not want them to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when she says she listened to his album, he's like, let me pay you back the nine ninety nine. Right yeah. And now. he's like, no, I insist. <laughs> and, um, and she tells him that it was, it was heartless. Like he was trying so yeah, hard to have, to, to have a hit that he just tried too hard essentially. Yeah. And that's what she sees happening with the song. So they go back to his apartment to finish writing mm-hmm. and yeah. she can't write when she feels like she feels. And he throws Sally Michaels in her face. He, he tells her that Sloan was right. Yep. You know, you've got three fourths of a great song, and now you're just going to walk away before it's finished. And, and like, because they've been throwing insults back at each other, like they've been fighting. Yeah. And then he pulls out that trump card yep. that he nuked it. <laughs> like, yeah, like he, he was did. like, "I'm going for the nuclear option." Thank you. Yes. And she doesn't respond. She just walks out the door. Yep. Because she, she no, she's not doing that. Like first, she says it, and someone's right, and she's. You take that back. Bad. Don't you dare say that. And he's like, no, I've read the book. I wanted to tell you that you aren't like that person, but you are. Yeah. And that's like, not, he got, but that's yeah. not even true because we know that the book is about a girl that, that becomes friends with someone to glom onto them to get her yeah. stuff known. And that's not what she's done with right. Alex at all. Alex knows that, but he has to go for the jugular because he doesn't know what else to do in this moment. Yeah. He's feeling real feelings. And for the first time in 15 years. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. And so we, we get the next day, um, Cora is Cora is recording the song. And he's trying to like be like, well, you know, like, we're not quite done. We're not quite there. Like, yeah, like it's you know, it's it's words and like thoughts strung together and like the loosest form of. The, and Sophie's you know. like, oh, she texts she she faxed to me this morning. It's great. I love it. Oh, oh great. And then he's getting to record it with her on her album, yes. which is super important for his career. Once again, yes. like that's a huge big thing. And so they're recording it, and he for the first time hears that last yes. verse. And the look, like, he, he forgets to join in on the chorus because yeah. he is so caught up in listening to that verse. Yeah, because well, the, because um, kind of, like, what they were fighting about back at his apartment was she was basically like, you know, I can't work under these conditions. And he's just kind of telling like, you have to. Yeah. And it's like, we, like, we don't have time 
like like this is what you have to do it like you have to buckle down and you have to get this done yeah and and that's what they're going back and forth and she's like you know like i can't be inspired like i'm not inspired this way and he's like inspiration is for amateurs like you have to do this and so like that's part of like the the line of the song is that you know like uh, i'm searching for some inspiration not another negotiation yeah and and like that's when he's kind of struck dumb yeah and and doesn't doesn't in the song but like after after leaving the recording, he goes to because we haven't mentioned Rhonda, her sister runs yeah. like a weight loss that their parents clinic, owned. yeah, um, a weight loss organization, and she's opening her newest one in Boca Raton, yeah, in Florida, and so <coughs> and so Sophie, like basically, it's like, well, there's nothing to keep me here now, so Sophie, I'm Sophie's gonna go run the new yeah, one. She's gonna go run the new the new office. And he's like, well, what about writing? She goes, well, we need a new uh, advertising campaign so I can... Yeah. He's like, you're a songwriter. You shouldn't do that kind of thing. And she's basically like, you don't have any right to tell me. Yeah. After everything happened, I, I need a new start. And yeah. I And I, I love just, like, him telling her, like, but, like, I can't compose with that. And it's the pause. I yeah. can't compose. compose. Like, I'm not going to yeah. go the whole way, and I can't... I don't want to be without you, but I'm going to go with compose because yeah. it's a safer word. Yes. And she's basically like, sorry. The it, like that it, it not that it doesn't matter to her but but that doesn't yeah like she she can't do what he wants her to do yeah and he goes well you're at least going to go to the show she goes yeah Lucy her niece has been looking forward to it yeah so yeah we're we're gonna go um and I I love that the that the night in between this he's at home reading the poetry that she wrote that mm-hmm. Sophie wrote that was on like her her college uh. Letter, newsletter, yeah, her, all yeah. website. Yeah, her college, like, literary magazine, like, website or whatever. Yeah. Like, I just, I loved that little touch of, like, him there, like, reading her writing. And then she's, like, reading the newspaper, and she opens it up, and there's the big ad for Cora, Cora featuring, featuring Alex. And she just kind of stares at the name Alex for a few minutes, and then yeah. the paper. And, like, it, yeah, it's just a nice moment yeah. for us to see that. And, yeah, yeah like, from here, like... Because that's another thing. Like, pacing in this movie is pretty, pretty good, because yeah, a lot of other movies would have taken those two moments out. Yeah. Like, a lot of movies we watch would have not kept that mo- the moment of him reading the They're, poetry and her reading the newspaper in. Like, it sounds, like, corny, like, to say it, but, but it, like, this movie, it feels almost... Like, and I'm not saying, like, it's a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. Know. Like, but there is also something, like, symphonic about it. Uh-huh. Like, it, it has, you know, it has its own, like, metronome. It it keeps a good pace, you know, like it, it follows its own beats and measures. Like it's like, you know, it's like a song does. I never felt like I was super bored with any of it. Yeah. It never felt draggy to me, which sometimes happens mm-hmm. when we're watching rom-com. I'm like, okay, can we just get to the point where they're like back together already? I'm yeah. tired of this. But this is also necessary to who they are as people. Yes. And, and you can tell and that. Um, you know, as much as, like, I will say, like, this doesn't meet, like, one of the criteria because, oh, well, no, I guess it does, of, I was gonna say, because I was thinking about it earlier today, when I was talking about this movie with somebody, and I mentioned, I was like, well, we don't really see, like, Sophie in her own place, but, like, I guess we do get that brief glimpse of, like, when she's reading the paper. The, the reason I let that, that part go yeah. is because we see her at her sister's place and how clearly that is a home setting yes, for true. her. Yes, true. Um, Seeing with family and in that, like, outside yeah. of work dynamic yeah. is always really important. But, yeah, yeah this, this movie, like, it, 
was going to say, like, I, what my point that I was going to make, which is, you know, partially invalid, which was that, like, despite the fact that, like, it, we might not see some of the things that we would look for to, like, as, as a foundation for a character, we, like, in this movie, we still get, like, we still get character growth and, like, character depth anyway. Mm-hmm. And well, so I mean, the Sally Michaels thing gives her so much depth. Like yes. that whole story gives her an amount of depth where we can see where she's coming from, why she's making the choices she makes. Yeah. Versus once again, I'm going back to the one we always compare it to, but like how to lose a guy in 10 days, you don't understand necessarily why, why does what's her name? Like politics. Andy, and, yeah. Well, you know, we don't know the story of why we don't see the why yeah. whereas we see the why in this. Yeah, we do. I and that, I, yeah. Oh, that, that absolutely makes sense. But from here, like we go into Madison Square Garden. We go, yeah, we go into the concert. Like you know, the concert begins, and and it's just a lot of <laughs> once again Rhonda's face at the, yeah. at the booty shaking. Um, what well, like the dirty dancing on a guy dressed like a monk? <laughs> like it's like yeah, that's that's a little inappropriate. It's a little much. That's okay. And, I guess if you can do it, have a nun and a priest. Well, like, yeah, people in okay, nun priest outfits. You can yeah, have just. This. Kind of describing like the kind of music that that Cora has is like one of her songs is like entering Booty Town. Yeah. So like the these are the te- you know this is this is what the crowd expects kind yeah. of things, and and so it, we have you know just little montages of like several numbers, and and then Cora, Cora kind of you know basically is like oh, okay you know and here. Um, you know, here's a brand new song. Nobody's ever heard it before tonight. Written by, and they think it's going to be, yeah, like, love, like, yeah, Cause, and because her niece is so excited that she's told everybody at school that her aunt wrote the song for Cora, yeah, and, and now and the announcement is written by Alex Fletcher. And dude, for a second, I think Rhonda is going to storm the stage. Oh, like, yeah, it's like that is my sister. I'm going to handle this and. But but Sophie's like I'm just gonna go home. I don't want to be here. And yeah, I'm and done. well, and like Rhonda is telling her is like you know you you and me like we'll we'll go outside just like, the song's just, over just just the song's over like and then you know, then we'll come back and she and Sophie's like no, no I'm just I'm gonna go so, home. yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go like I just don't want to be here and and that's when she um she starts she, walking down she, the aisle she starts leave. yeah she starts walking she starts walking away and this is where we get the song don't write me off just yet. And I'm, I'm going to read the lyrics too, because and it, it it's important for, yes. for the, because the first time he's ever written a song. It's yeah. It's the first time in like 10 years. Yeah. It's the first time in 10 years that he's written a song and like, especially like written by himself. I think it's made the first time he's ever written lyrics. Yeah. And, and so the song is, it's never been easy for me to find words to go along with a melody. But this time there's actually something on my mind, so please forgive these few brief awkward lines. Since I met you, my whole life has changed. It's not just my furniture you've rearranged. I was living in the past, but somehow you brought me back, and I haven't felt like this since before Frankie said relax. And while I know, based on my track record, I might not seem like the safest bet, but all I'm asking you is don't write me off just yet. For years I've been telling myself the same old story, that I'm happy to live off my so-called former glories. But you've given me a reason to take another chance. Now I need you, despite the fact that you've killed all my plants. And though I know I've already blown more chances than anyone should ever get, all I'm asking you is don't write me off just yet. Yeah, it's pretty... And that, yeah, and, and Hugh Grant does a great job in that song. Like He does. There's a lot of, like, pathos in that song. and <laughs> Right, there, yeah. Like, you can feel the emotion. He does a really great job. And, and not a lot of actors... 
especially actors like Hugh Grant who are not known for singing. Yeah. Would be able to bring that to it. Yeah, so I was really impressed with, with that. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Like I love it. And, and so she like, you know, he comes off after that song and, and she gets her, she gets backstage, um, yeah. you know, and just immediately like tells him, you know, like Alex, that song was dinner. Yeah. I love that. Line. Yeah. And he, he grins at her and they're, yeah. they're going in for the kiss for their moment. And his song starts, so he's got to go out and sing. <laughs> and, well, yeah, and and the the yeah, way back in the love starts, and, and it starts the way that they wrote it. Yeah, and it starts like in the the very like you know it, in the ballad, like the the yeah. sweet romantic ballad that they wrote together, and and Sophie is surprised, and um, and and Alex is telling her it's like he's like well you know I explained you know like the integrity of the song and blah 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 it's like and when that like, didn't and, work like and when that didn't work you know I told her it would help me win you back and like you know she very much of a romantic Cora yeah. <laughs> like she may not be, she may be a a Buddhist a booty shaking Buddhist something of that effect yeah I can't but, remember but she's also romantic at heart yeah kind of thing. and so she went with it. And and so then he goes out there to sing the yeah, song. Yeah, he, he goes out to, to and perform like way the back moment, love. and it's such a good performance. Yeah, it's, it's such it's, a good performance. It's a good performance, and it's you know it's just the two of them. It's it's just Alex and Cora like on stage having yep. fun, you know, acting because you know they're singing yeah. a love song. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they, you know, they're, they're having fun. Like, you know, they're, they're doing like some dancing and, and he keeps looking backstage. Yeah. Like he keeps, he keeps glancing backstage at, at Sophie and never and, to the detriment of his performance, but just right. every once in a while he'll yeah, like, he, he keeps glancing like back. Like he meets her eyes. Yeah. He keeps glancing off stage and, and I love like it gets to kind of the close of the song where, um, because the, the last verse, you know, is just Cora uh-huh. and, you know, going into the chorus again and everything. And it's like, they, like they finished that and like, it's getting to sort of like the fade out of the music where they're just doing some vocalizations. Yeah. And I love, he leans into Cora and like whispers in her ear and then just takes off and, and like, sets run, his mic down. Yeah. Set, yeah. Sets his mic down like, and runs off stage and just immediately like, like Sophie just like jumps into his arms. Yeah. Like, legs wrapped around have, him. Yeah. And, like, and they have, they have their kiss. And, and, and it's such, that's such a great kiss. Cause it's like, they're in the emotion of that moment. Yeah. I just love that. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And, their and like, song just got performed. Yeah. And they love each and other. It, it ends on a, it ends on a high. And then like, my other favorite thing is we start seeing the pop video. The pop video that we saw at the beginning of the movie. Back in the day, children. Come, come over here while while Grandma Michelle tells you a story. Back in the day, MTV sometimes when they did no 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 it was not MTV was it VH1 it was VH1 okay I'm sorry VH1 when they played music videos because they used to play those music there, videos there was there was a half hour segment mm-hmm. called pop up video yes pop up video and they would put like they would put factoids I have I have some examples of this okay. because um, the examples that we get in. In the movie, it's like the the music video is playing, and we're, we're getting, getting the epilogue. Back. Yeah, we're getting the epilogue this way, and I thought I think it's brilliant, and and it's talking about how you know Pop was recently inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and performed together, and again. like and performed together for the first time in you know in all, like over a decade, and and you know. Colin like broke his hip doing this. Colin hurt his hip. Yeah, but and the bassist and the guitarist have, had hip have already had hip replacements. Yeah, because the pop move. Because of the pop move, and that's and how, during the actual like song. 
Sorry, I love this part. When he's singing way back into love, he he's starts doing, doing pop moves. Yes. Because like during he choreography, does. the choreographer looks like he's about to kill him. Yes. During chore- the choreography um, section. So funny. Yeah, but the um uh you know, but some like the factors is a propping up of uh they've written like four top the, forty songs. They've they've written five top forties and like they like they now live together and all their plants are plastic and and stuff like this. And so I looked up today, like I got on YouTube and I looked for a pop-up video video because like some of just like the factoids that they were giving in this yeah. fake pop-up video, I was like, like, I don't remember them giving these kinds of details. Like her sister owns a weight yeah, loss Yeah, like her place. sister owning a weight loss place and stuff like that. And so I, I look, I looked for pop-up videos. And apparently, like, this is a thing that it's kind of coming back because I saw, like, a Katy Perry pop-up video. And, cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into those. But I wanted one, like, that I had, like, a specific frame yeah. of reference for. So the first one that I pulled up was the Goo Goo Dolls music video for Iris. Oh, man. From, from City of Angels. And so so it's telling you, um, you know, it's telling you, like, okay, like, this is the song and you know, and it's from like the song was written specifically for the city of angel soundtrack and then it gives you like you know los angeles is like is a shortened form of like the entire spanish name for the city and blah 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 and all this and then it starts going into you know telling you about um john resnick who's the lead singer of uh of the goo goo dolls and says you know john started writing songs while studying plumbing at a vocational school in buffalo new york he gave up plumbing and formed the goo goo dolls in 1985 then they talk about like the concept of this video is that John is an agoraphobic man watching the world from his tower. Nicholas Cage suffered from acrophobia on the set of city of angels. He's afraid of heights. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like John Resnick has said he was drunk when he came up with his band's stupid name. He was reading a comic book in a bar and came across an ad for a spooky toy. A goo goo doll is a finger puppet of a baby's head. <laughs> Um, I feel like John had already written this song when he named it after LA club singer Iris Cement. He doesn't know Iris. He just thought she had a cool name. <laughs> and like the, the last couple of factoids that pop into this video are gazing directly at stars through a telescope can damage the eye's retina, but not the iris. Uh, but what, what is one byproduct of all eye infections? Too much goo goo. <laughs> pop-up factoids in in, wow. the, in the Goo Goo Dolls video for Iris. And so I was like, I completely reevaluated my thoughts on the pop-up video for this. That makes it actually, that one's actually relevant. <laughs> yes! But yeah, so like, you have, you know, you find out that they're together, that they're living together, they've been together for a little while. Yeah. Um, I, I loved that fact. Like, I Because we always talk about, like, can this couple actually make it? And obviously, I mean, they, they they test all their songs on their door. On their doorman con. Who's, who's tone deaf, but very supportive. Yes. And, <laughs> like, I loved that. Like, like the little details. And, and I just really liked it. And then after the music video, we just see them living together. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is just deleted footage. It absolutely is. Because it's clothes that they're wearing. But you can buy that it's not. Yeah. You can buy that it's just them living their lives and writing songs yeah. together. Because they is, intercut the, the feet underneath the... Yeah. The thing. So so it makes it look like mm-hmm. this is their life. Yes. And I love that aspect. Like giving us the they live together, they work together, it works for them. Yes. Because you don't always get that in movies. I, and I love it. Yeah, and I, I had never seen 
because the last couple of times I've watched this was on like, you know, TBS or something like that. And yeah. so they cut it after the pop-up video. Yeah. And, and so I never knew that there was a montage yeah. after the, after the video. And yeah, I, I loved this so much more than I anticipated. Yeah, me too. And, and so like, I guess we agree they stay together. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So then I guess that begs the question, how do you rate this movie? Okay. This was a hard one <laughs> because I wanted to go too high. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go four. I'm giving but it a solid four. A four and a half is just like right there and I want to go for it, but I think I'm going to stick with four. Yeah. Because I know I know other movies that are going to be four and a half and stuff. This one is really, 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 it's, really, really good. It's a solid and four. My me. love of Drew Barrymore makes it want to go even higher because I've loved <laughs> Drew Barrymore for years. I have some I have one of like the worst movies that not that necessarily she's made, but one of her worst rom coms we're going to watch at some point. Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon. I love it. But not everybody does. I, I have avoided it. And not everybody loves it. I, I bought a three-pack, and it had Ever After, Never Been Kissed, and Fever Pitch. Mm-hmm. I was like... I've seen two of the three, and I like the two. I wish they would have put this movie in instead, but I don't think this movie was out yet when I bought the, the box set. It, 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 yeah, okay. I'm 99% sure it was because I bought it in college. <laughs> oh, and yeah, yeah. I got married in 2008 and graduated college in 2008. So I could have still been in college, but I highly doubt it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, but yeah, I really this was like, it. like it was, it was like there, I was expecting like some, like at least there to be something overtly offensive. And there wasn't and, really, which is shocking for a Hugh Grant movie. I like, know. Like, like there, there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't like a big range of characters. That's, that's probably the, the, the only yeah. downsides are not a lot of like a huge range of people in this yeah. movie. Brad Garrett is hilarious in this movie. He is. And Brad Garrett, I, I, I can I, only yeah. take in doses and he was great in this movie yes like they used him pitch perfectly in this movie oh yeah totally. which is so rare to see because mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of times you people like I said they use him too much or they just don't grasp mm-hmm. how he works as a comedian yeah no i i absolutely get that yeah, and i'm i'm the same way yeah i i remembered his character being much different and i think that's colored by the fact of like i'm just not a fan of, of Brad Garrett. Yeah. It, like, uh, 12 like, doses, man. It, like, his voice acting? Great. Oh, yeah, like, he's fantastic. Like, yeah, like, I, like, I'm down with, like, seeing, like, voice acting, like, but to actually, like, watch him, like, in movies and, like, television and stuff, I'm like, I'm just not a fan. Yeah. Um, and it's just, because, like you said, he's he's a very, like, specific breed of comedy that yeah. I don't always appreciate. And, but in this, he wasn't that breed, either. Like, no, like, like, he was he very was toned playing- down. He was playing, like, a good, like, supportive character. Yeah, he did his job, which is, yeah. once again, rare well, in these like, kind of I movies. Gonna, I was going to say, like, what I just said, like, just made me think. is like, this this movie has something where it's, like, where the supporting characters are supportive. Yeah. Like, the, you know, we don't have, like, a, like an unnecessarily, like, catty person trying to, like, tear ruin somebody everything. down. Like, ruin everything. Well, and they could have. They could have made Cora that person. And they, they could, didn't. They could have like, made Cora that I person. I love that they didn't go that way. Yeah. Because it's been so easy to make her into this yeah, and, catty girl. And they, they could have turned Sloan into, like, something much more, like, mustache-worthy. Like, Sloan could have been, like, a much like much more yeah. villain than he was. <laughs> also, in the, in the epilogue, <laughs> you find video. out that the movie was the worst movie ever made. Yeah, because... Yay! Yeah. Yeah, there was a movie made of the. He wrote the script. Yeah, for it, and it was, yeah. yeah, Rolling Stone called it like the worst film ever made, and that was the best review. review. <laughs> <laughs> so great, but yeah. anyway. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It was yeah. a lot of fun, and and it, it finally struck 
like a good balance of of rom to com. Yes, and yes, like, I which, agree. Which you know we had been lacking in the last like few movies that we watched. Yeah. So I like I again just pleasantly surprised with this. It was just nice. It. So, do you have anything else to add, Dolly? Nope, that's it for me. That's that's uh, that's all I have to say to you. So that'll get it for this episode of Couch Buddies. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.